0: Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Ethic and as always, I'm joined by a man who likes McDonald's better than Wendy's, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing?
1: Yes, so I told a story before we started, just for the, the viewers at home, about how I went to Wendy's after going to the range, golf range, you know, a little driving range action on Friday. And I like Wendy's, nothing wrong with Wendy's, just McDonald's has head and shoulders better than Wendy's. Um, and of course, you know, as always, we have a man who, of course, agrees with me on this take because he agrees with me on every take uh, that I have about anything, whether it's sports or not. Um, some people call him their least favorite, uh, you know, contributor. I would be one of them. That is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how
2: you doing? Brennan, I think there's many things that I disagree with you on, and this is probably one of the most, uh, like, one of the most brought up disagreements that we have because you're just wrong. I mean, Wendy's is clearly better than McDonald's, and honestly, I don't even think it's close. I really don't even think it's close.
1: See, so the only thing I agree about there is it isn't close. You're right. McDonald's is head and shoulders better. Yeah, leave a comment. Someone, you know, tweet at us what you guys think about the McDonald's-Wendys debate. Um, maybe we'll even throw it on a pod one time. But we have a very interesting episode planned for today, as always. I think this one might be a little bit of a shorter one. We didn't have too much sports news this week. Um, we, we got a little bit of, you know, COVID stuff in the NFL towards the end of the week, but we'll talk about that later. But let's start it off with Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers just signed a five-year deal to become the head coach of the 76ers, the um, Clippers decided not to extend him after this year. It seemed like it was mutual. It seems like, to me at the least, deals with coaches are becoming more and more mutual uh, with leaving. Especially really good coaches like Doc Rivers. Uh, Trevor, what do you think about this?
0: Yeah, so I thought it was a little strange when the Clippers fired Doc Rivers. I understand, yeah, he's blown a couple 3-1 leads in the past. He did it this year again. Um, and obviously with a team that talented, you expect better than getting, uh you know, taken out in the conference semifinals. So I understand that. But my question, any time like a pretty notable coach gets fired on a good team, my question is always, okay, well, who are you hiring that's going to be a better coach, that's going to do a better job than Doc Rivers? And when I go through the possible other coaches that they're talking about, like Tyron Lue or Jeff Van Gundy or whoever it is, I'm like, I don't think any of them are better coaches than Doc Rivers. I could be wrong, but... I I don't think that they have a better option than Doc Rivers. So I I personally didn't like this. I don't understand it. I think, you know, you just got... I know the team is very talented. I understand that they underperformed. Paul George didn't play well. Kawhi could have done a little bit better as well. However, I I think, you know, with the team they have, um, as talented as they are, the problem really came when um, we had the three-month break In March. I mean, I understand they weren't necessarily as great as the Lakers during the regular season either, but to me, the big problem was they never got that team chemistry. They never kind of had this set lineup where they were all playing together. That never happened. So if you have a full season, potentially the second year, where you have them all playing together, maybe the team chemistry will get become a lot better and they and they could be able to win a championship. However, they decide to get rid of Doc Rivers. Um, again, I didn't think it was the right move. However, he's now the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. So I'm not surprised to see that another team picked him up. I thought it was smart of the Philadelphia 76ers to do. I think it's going to be a tough task for Doc Rivers uh, because the 76ers are in a situation now where they, a couple of years ago, exceeded expectations, I believe, in like the 2017 or 2018 season. And now we have seen, a couple years later, them underperforming with uh, two young stars in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons getting the 6th seed and getting swept. So I think it's going to be a tough task for Doc Rivers, but I'm interested to see what he does with this roster.
1: Yeah, I, I think... It's tough because Doc. I love Doc Rivers. He's a great coach, um, and it's tough to, to figure out if this was the right move or not for the Clippers. I kind of am a little confused myself, but I I think at the end I think it might be the right move as long as their star players, their core is okay with it. Um, it is interesting that they would do this kind of at like the peak of where the Clippers are. They have a very solid chance to win in years coming. Um, so it's interesting to me. I 100% agree in that aspect. But great. For the 76ers, I mean, Doc Rivers will be their coach for a while, if he wants to be. I really believe he's a great coach, um, and I I hope he does good things for the 76ers. The 76ers are a very tough team. Like you said, it's definitely going to be a big challenge. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Ben, any any lasting thoughts on Doc Rivers before we move on?
2: Yeah, so with this move, I sense some sort of frustration within the Clippers front office where they've had Doc Rivers for a long time now, and they still haven't even gotten to a conference finals. Um, or, yeah, conference finals, I should say, and this year especially, I, I think, and I agree with them, they really had a good chance to win the whole thing, I mean, I, I seriously think if they would have played the Lakers in the conference finals, I, I I don't really know who would have won, I think it could have gone either way, I think they were somewhat close in talent, um, so I, I just think the Clippers, front office, they were they were frustrated, they are pissed off that the Lakers are now um, in this finals and they're looking like the best team in the NBA, and I, I just think they're kind of losing patience with Doc Rivers, so I felt like they had to move on, um... Doc Rivers going to the, to the Sixers, of course, I like Doc Rivers. I think he's a great coach, and he's proven that he's a great coach. He's got a great track record. Um, I'm, he's got to perform well, though, because 76ers fans, are they're getting impatient. They got extremely impatient with Brett Brown, um, and I, I get it. Brett Brown was was there for a while, and he didn't get a whole lot done. Um, but Doc Rivers needs to perform here in, in shortly because they, they still have two really good players. They have two young stars. Um, And Doc Rivers, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him very early on in in his tenure here at the Sixers to to do something because, like we know, Philadelphia fans, they're very impatient. They expect a lot out of their teams. Um, And I think Sixers fans are getting extremely impatient because they've been mediocre for a long time and they really Mm -hmm. haven't done anything super spectacular in the playoffs. So I really do think Doc Rivers is going to be under a lot of pressure um, in Philadelphia, which I think he can handle. He's a great coach. Like I've said, he's proven that he can can coach in tough situations. So I, I think he'll be fine, but... I'm very interested to see how the first couple years of his tenure here in Philadelphia play out because I think it's going to be somewhat tough for him.
1: Yes. Uh, So moving on, we have a little bit of Kyrie Irving uh, news. He was in the news um, because of some stuff he said on Kevin Durant's podcast. I believe it's called The uh, or Something like that, E-T-C-S. It looks really, really good. So if you guys haven't checked it out, I highly recommend it because it looks really good. Um, But Trevor, break down exactly kind of what Kyrie said and what went on.
0: Yeah, so there were a few different comments. Um, It seemed like Irving and Durant, they were talking on this podcast about, you know, their new situation with the Nets and, you know, looking forward to the new season with Steve Nash, their head coach, but... Kyrie Irving didn't make a comment about how he didn't really see them having a head coach. You know, like, Katie could be the head coach, I could be the head coach some days, stuff like that, which was, you know, probably something you shouldn't say, in my opinion. I don't think that's necessarily smart, um, just for, like, team and, like, organization chemistry, I guess, in a a sense. And also, I I think Irving also said something about how— I don't know if this was on the same podcast, but he said something about how, like, oh, I finally have someone who could take that big shot, meaning Kevin Durant, whereas he's played with, like, LeBron in the past, obviously. He's played with Kevin Love. He's played with Jason Tatum. Like, he's played with other really good players who I think are capable of taking last shots. And he, he says, he claims that KD is the only person that um, is able to take a last shot like he is. So, another thing that's a little strange, I, I think Kyrie just kind of puts his foot in his mouth sometimes, and it's... It's really weird. I, I don't think it's a good thing uh, for the Nets at all. And, um, I, yeah, I just don't have a good feeling. This, this Nets team is so talented, but I've, I think since they came together, I didn't have a good feeling about how they would do, and I even more so don't now.
1: Yeah, I don't like the shade towards my man LeBron. Uh, Kyrie's hit a lot of clutch shots in his career, but uh, I'm pretty sure LeBron did a lot of clutch things in those finals. And I I know he wasn't trying to shade LeBron, but he definitely should have been a little bit more careful with his comments. It, it's came off not great, um, you know, especially to other teammates he's had. I think it kind of looks down on them a lot. Like oh, I'm better than you. And while Kyrie Irving is this great player, uh, his teams besides being on with LeBron James have all been very perplexing. So I think you know why don't you prove it a little bit first before you start you know saying comments like that. That's just kind of my opinion on it, Ben.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I don't, I like Kyrie Irving as a basketball player, but there's a lot of things he says that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, of course, this is one of them, and I, I kind of agree with you, Brendan. I don't know necessarily if he was, you know, if he was meaning to be, to, to take a huge shot at LeBron. I think he kind of just said something, and I think, as is the time, or as is the case many times, the media kind of blew it out of proportion a little bit. Um, so I don't think he was necessarily a huge shot at LeBron. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Um, I don't really know. I don't really care that much about it. Um, because, again, it's just, it's just talk. It doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, but him saying a, about how they don't really have a head coach this year, that kind of bothers me just because, like, I mean, I get it. You're a good player. You have Kevin Durant. He's a great player. But it just to me, it, it's, it really kind of shows how big his ego is and how he thinks that he can run a team when we've, we've been shown by him that he really is not capable of leading a team. He needs somebody like a Kevin Durant, like LeBron James, to be extremely successful. His tenure in Boston was, um, in my opinion, kind of a failure. So I don't know. That doesn't. That kind of bothers me. And you know, as we've seen, and the narrative with LeBron a lot of times is he's kind of you know considered a coach killer. If he doesn't want a coach, they're gone, which is true. That's true. But I wouldn't call him a coach killer. Um, so Kyrie Irving over here saying that he doesn't necessarily need a head coach, he can kind of do his own thing. That bothers me a little bit um, because it's just something you don't say, especially when you have a new coach coming in. I just, it's not something you say. I, I don't think it's going to be good for for their their chemistry. Um, hopefully they can work things out because I, I want to see them do well. I love Steve Nash. I like Kevin Durant, and I like Kyrie Irving as a basketball player, so I don't know. Again, I think it's kind of blown out of proportion a little bit, um, but it's just it's just kind of annoying that he said that, um, and I, I really do think, I mean, this time next year, it'll be even funnier when they, when they lose in the first or second round of the playoffs, so we'll see, um, but it is what it is. I don't really want to talk much more about it, because it's, it's whatever.
0: Yeah, I real quick, I tweeted something. I was like, um, you know, I bet, I bet Katie's not going to like you being Kyrie something? Irving's teammate, uh, after they lose in the conference. You never tweet anything. After, I did. I always tweet. You're being sarcastic. <laughs> but um, I said after the Eastern Conference finals, after the Nets lose, I'm sure Katie's not going to be as happy about Kyrie Irving being his teammate when he takes a shot at Katie to the media.
1: Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does. He's a little random with that type of stuff. Um, but let's move uh, to the last part of uh, Small Talk today. Well, we have Small Talk Trivia. Trevor, what is the uh, scoreboard at the moment?
0: The score is currently 34-32. to 32. You still maintain a two-point okay. lead.
1: It's a, it's a close game, but, you know, I'm, I'm in the lead. It's not surprising, maybe to some people. Um, but let's, uh, let's get to our question here. So I'll, I'll start off on the question today. It's a pretty straightforward question. I feel like I ask a lot of complex questions sometimes. This is very straightforward. Who is the first player in NFL history to throw for 4,000 yards in one season? You know, we see it a lot nowadays, but the NFL didn't always used to be a throw-first league. It used to be a very run-heavy. Um, so who was the very first player to throw for 4,000 yards?
0: Wow. At least 4,000, I should say. Okay, 4,000 yards in a season. The first quarterback to mm-hmm. throw for 4,000 yards in a season. All right. So uh, this is obviously—it's going to be tough because it's not something that I, you know, would necessarily know, especially if it's before my lifetime. So— I do know that, like, Dan Marino, I think, has a lot of passing yards all the time. So, like, that's a potential option. Um, I-, I think a lot of the candidates could be in, like, the 90s, potentially. So, like, John Elway is another one where there's a chance that he can have 4,000 yards. Brett Favre is another one where it's a chance. I mean, it could have been someone in the 70s or 80s, but it's really hard for me to, to say that. Like, Montana... I don't know. Montana could have, but I don't think he necessarily like, had a lot of passing yards in seasons. I think he was just known for his accuracy. I don't necessarily know if he threw it, like, like high volume um, because they had such a good overall team a lot of the time. But Dan Marino, I could see being a possibility. John Elway, Brett Favre, I could see being possibilities. I mean, if it goes all the way to, like, Peyton Manning, then that would surprise me a little bit, but it's possible that it could go all the way to Peyton Manning. Um, But I think it's probably between Elway... Marino and Favre. I think it's one of them. Um, obviously, there's Troy Aikman, Roger Staubach. These are other guys, but I think it's one of those three that I just mentioned. I'm gonna go with my gut here because it's. I really don't know. It is a guess, but I'm gonna say that it's Dan Marino. That's gonna be my guess here. Final answer.
1: Yes. Final answer. So, Damarino is wrong, and I think you're, I'm gonna look up how many years wrong you are, because I, I think it's quite a lot of years, uh, in the band. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's quite a lot of years back, let's see. Damarino's career started in 1983. The person who threw for 4,000 yards first threw for those 4,000 in 1967. It was oh. Broadway Joe Namath, who threw mm. for 4,007 yards. Wow. Um, And I believe they they won the Super Bowl over uh, the Baltimore Colts that year in Donny Unitas. Um, So yeah, 1967, 4,007 yards. was Broadway Joe Namath.
0: Oh, barely. He barely got it. What is your question for today? Okay, so my question, I'm going to give you another opportunity for two points. Um, It's going to be similar, at least in format, to my other question. So um, there are six franchises currently in the nba that have never reached the nba finals six of them i want you to see if you can name all six if you do name all six i will give you two points and i will also give you um one point if you can name four of those six so once again uh six nba franchise have never made have never reached the nba
1: finals and i want you to see if you can name all six of them so i know a couple i know the clippers haven't been I know the Nuggets haven't been, um, I know the Pelicans haven't been, I'm pretty sure those three are correct. Do I get a confirmation? Do, or just? Do you smart? want to lock okay. them in? I'll lock those in. I'm, I'm fairly confident.
0: So you said the Clippers, the Pelicans, and who else?
1: And the Nuggets.
0: Okay, so all three of those are correct.
1: Um, okay, the other ones, I'm trying to go through and think. I don't think the Hornets have been there, um, yeah, I don't think the Hornets have been there, I don't think the,
2: oh, did
1: the, I don't think the Timberwolves have been there either. I'll lock those two in, because I, I don't know, they're guesses, but I'm pretty sure those are, I, I don't remember them ever making it. So Hornets and Timberwolves locked in?
0: Yeah. Those two are also correct, you have five of the six right now.
1: And, let me cycle through the teams. Okay, wait, who have I said? I've said the Clippers, Pelicans, Nuggets, Timberwolves, and Hornets. Correct. The last team. Okay, I I have a guess, because I remember when they drafted a certain player that I really like, and I believe I remember them saying... Hopefully they can lead. He can lead them to their first championship. And that man is John ja Morant. He's on the Grizzlies. I I think it's the Grizzlies. I can't think of any other team. But I remember when John ja Morant got drafted. and I was very happy. I thought he should have went number one overall. And I remember them saying that. I'll I'll say John ja Morant's Grizzlies. It's a guess though. But I'm pretty sure it's right. I think I got all six. You know what? I'm confident. <laughs> Memphis
2: Grizzlies.
0: Alright, so Brandon, last week, um, you kinda exceeded my expectations a little bit, and you have done so again, because all six of those are correct, Woo! you get the two points, I'm gonna have to, uh, up the difficulty level a little bit on my NBA questions, cause you've impressed <laughs> me a little bit.
1: Hey, I appreciate that, I'll, I'll take my two points and run, I'm now up by four. Um, which will be many weeks before you'll be able to catch that number. Maybe we'll have to cap it at some sort of time, and uh restart or something like that i don't know we'll have to talk about it but let's move on to our uh next part of the podcast which is randomly ranked this is where we take a completely random topic and rank it now on this podcast i'm personally not a big fan of this item uh, which i do like it uh which is ice cream we've talked about ice cream many times it's been featured randomly ranked at least two or three times today we have an interesting one i believe ben you came up with this one correct i I believe i think i did yeah um, we are going to do Ice Cream Toppings. Ben, I feel like you've come up with a lot of really good randomly ranked topics, and I think this one will be no different. We got Ice Cream Toppings, our top three Ice Cream Toppings, uh, Ben, why don't you start us off? It was your idea, you start us off.
2: Alright, I'll go first. And I'd like to point out that, still, I'm not completely sure on my top three, okay? Because I've done a lot of going back and forth, so I'm still, I'm kinda just going with this, I'm going with the flow, I'm kinda just making this up as I go, okay? But I think I do finally have my answer. Um, honorable mention. My fourth honorable mention. I will say cookie dough. I love cookie dough. Um, cookie dough is good by itself. It's good on ice cream. I just don't, didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable putting it in my top three, so that's my honorable mention. My number three is Reese Cups, okay? And the reason I put it at number three is because it's good. It's good on a lot of things. But I do think that there are instances where Reese Cups on a certain flavors of ice cream just wouldn't be a good match. Wouldn't be a good mix. Ooh, it's a just, good point. it just would not be, um, to the to the high quality of ice cream that I that I expect so I put it at number three okay that being said this is why this item is now number two because this item I feel like you can put on any ice cream flavor and it's it makes it just better in general and that's whipped cream okay whipped cream you can put on any any ice cream flavor and it's not going to diminish the flavor of the ice cream in my opinion okay so that is why uh, whipped cream I gave the slight edge over Cups just because I feel like it's more versatile um, when combined with ice cream and then my number one, um, I really do think it's an easy option. Um, if either of you don't have this at, at number one, I would be extremely disappointed in you. It's hot fudge. Um, hot fudge. It's chocolate. It's amazing and it's warm. Okay. So when you have, when you put warm chocolate on a cold ice cream, it just it it, it kind of makes it like it melts it a little bit, but not too much. It just makes it just such an enjoyable experience. The texture is amazing. Um, so hot fudge has to be number one. And if you guys disagree with me, then I don't know if I can. Then we're gonna have to renegotiate my contract for this podcast because um, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be a little upset with you too.
1: Okay, so I think I'll go next. I have two honorable mentions, and they're very close. They're brownie bits and cookie dough batter. Cookie dough bits. Okay. The reason I have both of those, I think both are great, but they can't go with every single ice cream, just as you said, Ben, uh, with Reese's Cups. They can't go with everything. They can go with a lot, and I want to point out, if you're getting an ice cream they can't go with, I might judge you a little bit, but most things they can go with, and I like them a lot in ice cream. My number three, I'm also going to go peanut butter cups. When peanut butter cups are in the right ice cream, they're the best topping. They are. But you make a good point, and that's why I actually put it down to three uh, from two, as you were speaking, because they can't go with absolutely everything. You just can't throw it in, in there with absolutely everything, and, and because of that, I put it at my number three. However, Reese's cups are just my absolute favorite, as we've talked about candy on this podcast. Number two, I went with hot fudge. Um, I agree with you, hot fudge is is a great topping, it can go pretty much on any ice cream and be good, but the number one that I have, I think is the best topping to have on ice cream. Honestly, it's one of my favorite things to have in ice cream, it's the best in milkshakes too, it is Oreos. Whether you have whole Oreos in there or they're crushed up, all of that is amazing to me. I love Oreos, they're incredibly addicting, Um, and I had to put them in my number one. Trevor?
0: All right, so it seems like um, all three of our selections are a little, you know, kind of inter intertwined. We have some of the same selections, but that's okay. Um, there are definitely a, a lot of different things I've thought about. Like I think chocolate pretzels are really good in ice cream. That's one thing you guys didn't mention. Oh, that is good. I think like if that is good. Um, even like like caramel sauce or like hot caramel. That's another thing that can be good. Um, that's another good one. I also like brand- uh, Ben mentioning whipped cream. That is also very versatile. I didn't have any mm-hmm. of those three in my top three though, but all very good. Uh, number three, I went with Reese's Cups. I consider just saying, like, peanut butter in general because just I, I just love, like, peanut butter with ice cream in general. But I went with Reese's Cups because I, I do often get, like, Reese's with ice cream, and it's very good. And I know that, like, you guys were talking about versatility, and I think, um, I think in general, like, with a lot of these things, I get vanilla ice cream most of the time anyway, so, like, with chocolate ice cream, there's not as many... Like toppings, that maybe you could put. I don't know if that's. I, I don't know if you guys would agree with that, but I feel like vanilla. I agree with that, Trevor. I do. You like I think have Vanilla to, is more, yeah.
2: Universal. Yeah, vanilla's
0: more universal. Yeah, vanilla is more universal, and you can have like like more toppings work with vanilla. So, my number two, I I did go with hot fudge. Hot fudge, as I think you both kind of mentioned. Um, obviously having like the the hot fudge mixed with like the cold ice cream, it's such a great combination. I actually just had, um, like a like a. I was at a restaurant a couple of days ago, and I had, like, this hot fudge, like, brownie sundae with ice cream, and it, sh- it was so good. Um, so hot fudge, for sure, I think has to be mentioned. And number one, I went with uh, my personal favorite, and that's cookie dough. I mean, when I get ice cream pretty much anywhere, wherever I go, Handles um, or Dairy Queen, wherever it is, I most of the time I do get, like, a cookie dough milkshake or just a cookie dough blizzard, whatever it may be. Cookie dough is just amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I love Hokuto. I think everyone here had very good takes. Uh, not a lot I can complain on uh, today. But let's get to our main topics today. First up, of course, we have the NBA Finals. Lakers-Heat. Lakers are up 2-0 after a 124-114 win over the Heat. Heat didn't really go away in this game, though. Uh, you know, it, it was definitely a little bit one-sided, but they never really truly went away. Uh, Trevor, let's hear some of your thoughts on this game.
0: Yeah, so... series, for the matter. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really just... I'm disappointed, obviously. I, I didn't get to talk about how happy I was after they beat the Celtics last Sunday, because that happened, obviously, after we recorded the podcast. I was very excited The Miami Heat got back to the finals. Um, but since then, we have now seen two games where the Heat have lost. They're down 2-0. They now have um, injury problems with uh, Gore and Dragic, who may be out for the rest of the series. I, I hope he's not, but he very well could be. Bam Adebayo also has an injury. I'm hopeful that he'll come back tonight, because... If he doesn't, it like he will. It, yeah, it seems like he does. He did say to Chris Haynes that he believed that he would be in the lineup. I mean, obviously players can say that and then maybe they'll still hold him out. But I, I have a feeling that Bam will play. So that's at least a good sign. Um, that's one pause they'll take out. And then Jimmy Butler, we saw him have like a minor injury. He has played anyway. Um, so it seems like he will continue to play. But at least losing Gorin, it, you know, it hurts. Not having Bam for game two hurt a lot. I think, you know, one of the main things that I wanted to take out of, you know, kind of what I see in the series is that Anthony Davis has just been absolutely dominating. Um, Whoever the Heat throw on him, especially now that Bam did not play in Game 2, and he played limited minutes uh, in Game 1 because he initially got in foul trouble, and then he um, left the game early. He played, like, 21 minutes, I think, in Game 1. So... Bam is really the only person who has the ability to, like, contain Anthony Davis, at least to some extent. Anthony Davis is still going to get his points. But when you don't even have Bam, it's like if you put out Miles Leonard, who has only played like a few minutes in the playoffs, he's not mobile enough to stay with Anthony Davis, because Anthony Davis can step out, shoot three, shoot jumpers. He's also tall, so even if you are tall too, his um, you know reach is enough to shoot over most people. It's it's very difficult, and then he can you know, and that he can get in the paint, he can catch lobs, he can just do so many different things, and it's really such a matchup nightmare for the Heat. Um, so that's number one, and then obviously you have LeBron James, who is a matchup nightmare for pretty much any team because the two-three zone that the Heat were playing against the Celtics that worked so well doesn't work as well, and it also worked against the Bucks does not work nearly as well because LeBron James is the smartest player in arguably NBA history, um, and he's able to easily cut through the zone, whereas you know Giannis had problems with it because he hasn't really developed his passing um, that that well yet. Um, and then the Celtics also weren't able to do that as well because Jason Tatum is as good of a scorer as he has. He also doesn't necessarily have the playmaking ability um, that some of the other stars in the NBA have. So those are the biggest takeaways. I think for game three, first of all, Bam has to be back if we want to win. Um, so assuming that Bam will be back, I think we have to make sure that we are not um, switching too much, like not just switching anyone on Anthony Davis. Like if if you know if, if Jimmy Butler's on Anthony Davis or if Jay Crowder's on Anthony Davis that's going to be a problem Bam Adebayo has to be on Anthony Davis we can't let these switches happen so easily we have to fight over them more and in addition I think we have to try to I know LeBron James has shot well in some of these games but we have to try to make LeBron shoot these outside shots it's it is what worked to some extent um, earlier in his career it might not be quite as great of a strategy now, but I still think it's the best bet to make him uh, shoot instead of having him past his wide-open teammates um, because, like, Ken Cole Will Pope, he's done a good enough job. Um, Alex Caruso has hit some wide-open jumpers. So, you know, just having LeBron at your mercy, driving and kicking to wide-open teammates, I don't think that, that uh, you can just rely on hoping that those role players miss the shot. So it's going to be very tough. You have two matchup nightmares, but with Bam, I think we do have a chance.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think Bam needs to play and guard AD, but really, this whole series is such a mismatch with the Laker, Lakers because I don't think truly believe Anthony Davis or LeBron it can really be guarded by anyone on the court. I understand they have players that maybe can keep up with them a little bit, Bam and Jimmy Butler. Um, but it's just tough. The switches are tough. You know, if they get switched on a Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson, someone like that, it's just not that's points. I mean, that's just going to happen. So I, I think this is a very tough series for the Heat. I, I really wanted, I, I hope Dragic does end up playing. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Adebayo will play tonight. At least that's what I've read. Um, and I, I want it to be a fair series in the sense of having everyone healthy. So I, I hope they get healthy. Um, obviously, I want the Lakers to win. I want LeBron to win another championship. That's, I mean, that's a given. Um, and most likely, they will do that uh, just by the, you know, the first two games. Um, but I, I hope for a competitive series, and I hope that the players can get back healthy. Ben, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, so I don't have a whole lot to say about um, this series in general, mainly because uh, you guys said everything that I would probably agree with, and it just hasn't been super entertaining. It's still been entertaining. It's still the NBA Finals. Um, but, I mean, I think we, we we knew going in that the Lakers were the better team, and so far through the first two games, it really hasn't been any of any question that the Lakers are, are not the better team. I think it's pretty clear that they're the better team, um, especially with with the Heat having injury issues. I mean, you had no—my boy Bam. I love Bam. I've said many times on this podcast how I like Bam. Um, but Bam not playing a game two, I, I think looking at the box score, there was a direct result of that. I mean, Anthony Davis went 15 of 20 from the field, 32 you know, points. He had 14 rebounds, um, and he only took one three because he didn't have to take threes. He was he could force his way down low, and they, he didn't really have a whole lot of opposition because the Heat just didn't have anybody that could that could guard him like Bam would. Um, so if the Heat, if, if Bam can get healthy, which you guys said it sounds like he will play tonight. Um, for Game Three, it's it's more of an interesting matchup. Obviously, it's one of the Heat's best players. If they have uh, their best players playing, it's more of an interesting matchup. But still, I just I think that the Lakers are just the better team, and that's nothing new. We already knew that. Um, I think Rondo has stepped up in a big way. I think in these playoffs in general, I think Rondo has been extremely yes, important 100%. for them. Um, even in this in this series, we didn't see a whole lot of him last series, but or uh, two series ago, as I said, say against the Rockets. But Dwight Howard in this series has stepped up in a big way. He's not playing a whole lot of minutes, but when he comes in, he's playing productive minutes. And they're, they're getting something out of him. So I think Dwight Howard's been a big reason. And, of course, I've talked about this before. Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso is an extremely important member of that Huge, of that Lakers team, both both offensively and especially defensively. So, um, again, I just think the Lakers are the better team. I think we've seen that through two games. Um, I don't necessarily think – I don't know if they're going to sweep them just because it seems like this year the Lakers haven't been able to sweep teams. Um, but I will say I do think the Lakers are going to win this series, which is, should not be a surprise to anyone. Um, so, that again, I'm still going to watch the games. I'm still interested. It's still – you know, LeBron versus old team, it's still, it's still the NBA Finals. It's still a good storyline. Um, but I think it's pretty clear who, who the better team in the, in the series is, and I think it's pretty clear who's probably going to win this series.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with everything you guys said. So let's just move on um, to the NFL a little bit here. Um, we, we got a lot going on with COVID in the NFL. We, we knew this was going to be tough. We all talked about it. We knew this was going to be tough. We, we kind of have three separate situations here. The Titans have had a lot of cases. Their game uh, has been moved. Hopefully, they can you know, end up playing it sometime this week. because we, we don't have a lot of space here um, where teams can move all their games around. We just don't have a lot of space. Um, so, you know, we can't have all these teams having all, all these cases because then the NFL will not be able to function. Uh, we had a little bit of a flare-up with the Saints, Uh, Their fullback got a false positive, but ended up being okay, so their game will be played um, against the Patriots, who actually had their own little issues. Cam Newton uh, tested positive. However, no one else tested positive, so it it sucks for the Patriots because their starting quarterback will be out. Got to look to Stidham or Hoyer, Um, but that game will be played Monday night. So we got two Monday night games, which is going to be really great. Um, Really great for Patriots-Saints fans because they get the game.
2: Uh, which will be cool. Mean, Not great
1: for us Big Brother fans who want to watch Big Brother. Hey,
2: Brandon, the Patriots are uh, playing the Chiefs. I hate to break it to you. Excuse me,
1: excuse <laughs> me, Patriots-Chiefs, my bad. You're good. Uh, same, same thing, though. They're playing Monday night. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it's good for people who want to watch that game. Um, but, yeah, we, we have a lot of interesting things happening uh, with COVID and the NFL. So, Trevor, why don't you us yourself uh, some of your thoughts on some of these breakouts that have happened and how um, the, the teams are taking it.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it just really sucks, right? Like, we, we talked about it before the season, talked about... On one podcast, we discussed, like, potential plans of maybe you could do, like, certain, like, regional bubbles or something. They, they obviously didn't do that. They, they tried to, you know, go through... Obviously, they are taking precautions, and it seems like... Hopefully, hopefully they're trying to do their best, but it still seems like it's not enough so far, and I mean, through the first three weeks, it seemed like we were okay, but now we're starting to see a little bit where, okay, we have a couple players on a few different teams now, you know, it's like, hopefully, this can get under control and not get worse, because if it gets worse, then that would be very bad, because as you mentioned, the schedules aren't super flexible here, like, you gotta, you can't just, like, move games all around whenever you want, that's not really... Uh, how the NFL works, right? So, it, it's unfortunate. I hope that they can get it under control because obviously I want to see the season played out as you guys do and I'm sure as everyone else, other any other person that's listening to this podcast wants it to yeah. continue. So, I don't like it. Regarding the Patriots-Chiefs game on Monday night, not having Cam Newton is going to hurt a lot. I mean, the Chiefs were already um, a, a much better team, I think, but even now with Cam Newton, it's just... Uh, it might not be a pretty sight there, um, unfortunately. But we will see. We'll see what happens. Um, with that, you get the Steelers and Titans. Uh, they rescheduled the game as well, it seems. Like, or I don't know when. Do we know when the Steelers and Titans game Titans game is going to be rescheduled? I think it's it's week 7 or
1: 8. I, I think oh, it's yeah, week yeah. 8. I, think I believe right. it's week 7, uh, actually. They rescheduled it for them. Week seven. Okay. Um, they, they moved the Ravens Steelers game, uh, which I'm happy they got to do that, you know, get that done without moving a ton of games. But like I said, it's going to be tough. They do not have a ton of leeway if games get canceled and cannot be played. So hopefully we can contain this as much as possible. Uh, hopefully the Titans players, you know, get healthy, um, you know, quarantine and, and, you know, get better um, so they're able to play the games. Um, you know, but obviously health is, you know, the first part of it. Um, but let's, let's move on to Ravens and Chiefs. I didn't want to talk about this. Both of you guys did. Um, but I, I have many thoughts that I, I, I'll be able to share. But, uh, Ben, I'll, I'll let you start off on some of your thoughts on the game.
2: Yeah, so, and if you remember uh, seven days ago last Sunday, um, I was all on the Ravens bandwagon. And maybe I listened to Brandon too much, but I thought the Ravens were the better team. Um, and I was so wrong. And as is many times on this podcast, usually I'm pretty wrong with my sports takes. Um, but that's okay. I'm still somehow invited back on this podcast every week. But the Chiefs were just clearly the better team. I mean, the Chiefs from I think from the very beginning, the Chiefs looked like the better team. Um, Patrick Mahomes looked better than Lamar Jackson, which most people probably already knew. But Lamar Jackson's still good. Um, but Patrick Mahomes just looked amazing. And I think a big thing with the Chiefs is, at least in my opinion, this game really showed how strong their offensive line is. And I've said before, in my opinion, the offensive line is the most important position on the field, and especially when you have such a complex no when you have a such a complex um, offense like the Chiefs do. When you have an offensive line that can impose their will on a Ravens defensive line like that, I mean, it's just, it shows how valuable an offensive line is, and I mean, their offensive line was really, really good, um, and of course, Patrick Mahomes does his thing, he can throw off his back foot 50 yards downfield, perfect uh, perfect pass, and it's no big deal, so I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say other than I think the Chiefs look like the better team, um, I think as most people would, would agree at this point, the Chiefs are probably the better team, so If they played in the playoffs, I I think it'd be a better game just because I think it's so hard to beat a team twice in one season, especially an NFL team, um, because all NFL teams are full of really good players. So um, I'd be very interested to see them play again in the playoffs because I I do think the Ravens would probably have a better chance in that situation. Um, But for the time being, as is most people, I would say the Chiefs are definitely the better team between those two, and I think they showed it on Monday.
1: Yeah, so, a couple things. This game was very perplexing. Uh, the rate, uh, there was the score, I think, was way closer than it should have been, even at, at the end where, it, I mean, they won by like, two scores or whatever it was. Uh, the Chiefs are just head and shoulders better. I, I think you look at Lamar, and I love Lamar. I think Lamar's such a great player, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's just not. Mahomes can do things that Lamar can't, that no quarterback can. I mean, he's the best quarterback in the NFL, I think he'll be the best quarterback in the NFL for the next 10 to 15 years, and honestly, if he keeps his pace at what he's doing now, they're going to win many Super Bowls, and he might go down as the best quarterback to ever do it. What's really perplexing to me is the Ravens only have one or two more years before they got to sign a lot of guys, and they have to make decisions. I mean, you even see next year, players like Judon and Ingram probably will not be on the team, they're just not going to pay for them, and uh, you know both of those players, I think, play a, a good role in the offense and are good locker room guys, especially Ingram. Um, and Judon uh, on that, you know, his play is really great. So I, I think what's perplexing is that it, it doesn't seem like the Ravens are going to be able to beat the Chiefs coming up. And they need to do that to get to a Super Bowl unless they get lucky and the Chiefs somehow lose. To me, though, I, I find it so hard to believe that that, that will happen. I, I just don't see the Ravens doing it unless they make a lot of changes. Um, no one really played that well to me. It's not even like there's a light spy. I mean, just they were the worst team that day. You know, some people on this podcast who, like, multiple teams in the NFL, <clears throat> Trevor, make a lot of excuses for their teams. I can't make any excuses. It just they weren't the better team today, or that day. And, uh, you know, it was tough watching Mahomes be able to do whatever he wanted whenever. I mean, third and seven, third and eight, you, you would think you have a chance. Um, but every single time, it's conversions for Patrick Mahomes. So it's going to be tough to get through them in the AFC. I, I hope that they can do it um, and make a Super Bowl because... We got one or two really good, you know, good years coming up uh, where they don't have to sign too many players. You just saw this Marlon Humphrey extension. They're gonna have to extend Ronnie Stanley. They're gonna have to extend Lamar. Uh, Marquise Brown is in a couple of years too. I'm sure they'll extend him. It's gonna be interesting. We got Mark Andrews too in a couple of years. It's gonna be tough. They can't sign all these guys. They gotta make some cuts. And right now we have all of them, so we'll have to see how it goes. Trevor, wrap this up, uh, and we'll probably finish the podcast after that. What were your, some of your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so not too surprising that you wanted to take a shot at me and say that um, I make excuses. I, I don't think I do that, do. but nevertheless, um, I think, you know, because it's not necessarily an excuse if I were a Ravens fan and I were to say, well, you know, we're playing this juggernaut Chiefs team. They're just the best team in the NFL, and, and that's it. I don't think that's yeah. an excuse. I mean, I, th- yeah, so like you said, like the Chiefs were a better team than the Ravens on this day. I, I,
1: I think know, they just are the better team.
0: Well, I, I would agree with I, I would agree with that. But I was a little surprised by the result. I thought that you know after watching what happened on the first two weeks of the season, I thought the Ravens were currently the better team. I thought their offense was very high powered, um, just like the Chiefs, and I thought ultimately that you know, the Ravens would end up winning, like, a shootout in a, in a pretty close one. But that didn't happen because as, for as much um, good as the Chiefs' offense did, and, you know, Patrick Mahomes was amazing, I was actually pretty impressed by their defense, which in previous weeks, I, I and even last season maybe to some extent, I wasn't super impressed with the Chiefs' defense. I think they have at least some issues, but... Uh, against the Ravens, I thought their defense was really good. Um, or maybe not really good, but I think they were good. I thought it was a good sign to see going up against a really good offense in the Ravens to hold them to 20 points. Um, and, and one of those touchdowns was in the fourth quarter. It seemed like through three quarters, they held them to 13. I think that's a really good sign going forward for their defense. And that's my biggest takeaway. We know what Mahomes can do. He got himself back in the MVP race. Uh, probably him and you know Russell Wilson and maybe a couple other names, but it's... I mean their offense is amazing, their offensive line, Ben, I'm glad you pointed that out. I think it's their offensive line is just so good. It's it's like unfair. And then even when you do have one play where the Ravens manage to get a pass rush, Mahomes manages to like somehow avoid the sack and then complete like a thirty yard pass. It's just insane. Uh, or he'll make like a twenty yard first down run. Um, similarly, like to how he did against the Chargers. Um, so it's it's really crazy to watch the Chiefs. Sometimes they're they're very good. Um, however, if I'm a Ravens fan, I wouldn't get two down. It is a regular season matchup. Um, it, it's not the playoffs, but they they do need obviously to get better because. Uh, this could definitely be the AFC Championship uh, in about four or five months from now. 100%.
1: Um, I I think we'll wrap it up here, though, uh, a little bit of a shorter podcast episode today um but thank you all so much for listening we really really appreciate it all the support on twitter um which our twitter is in the description uh it's linked go click that follow us so you know when we go live with uh all four of our podcasts from our podcast network leave us a five-star review we really appreciate those and we do see all of them i always read the reviews when people give reviews or any comments they tweet at us we read them all um so you know please do that um like i said with that being said thank you all so much for listening today and we'll see you next time
0: go falcons